Okay. Oh, we're live here. We're now live here. So we're live. Um, hi, everybody. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to James interviewing me. Tell <laughs> you a few of my, my experiences. Well, boring or what? We'll soon find yeah, out. It'll not be boring. That, that no, well, here's boring. hoping not. Here's hoping. So we're going to have, no, there's three people, four people already started, five people started here. Yes. And then this is for the Business Networking Group, Bismarck. Okay. There's our Nicola already joined. Right. Hi, Nicola. Hi, everybody. So, so basically, what the plan of attack for this tonight was? Okay, so you people have been in a few of my events before, right? And I've done two last year. So I had this brainwave. My God, Dad, how many people have you got on? We've got so many people. We've even we've got Kellyanne Barnard from New Zealand. How are you doing? Hi, Kellyanne. From New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Welcome to us, Irish oh. folks. Folks, so I tell you what, everybody knows how what a good fellow my dad is. Everybody now, put a heart up right now. As many hearts as we can get, go for it. Oh uh, my good God! <laughs> it's all because of you, Dad. Great. I would never Great. get as many. I flipping. hope that at the end of the night, it'll be double hearts. It'll be double hearts indeed. So yes. there we go. We've got all Russia hearts. Flip me. Look at this here. Look at this here. Lovely. <laughs> right. So, so the idea was I had this absolute brainwave Friday night. But the best person I could have on this show, on the James Perry Presents thing, is Mada. Because anybody who knows Mada knows he loves a good story. <laughs> or he can tell a good story. And you know, one of your stories going to on to another story and another story. Yes. But, okay, so I'm going to kick it off. And, folks, so at the minute, we've got 20 watching here. I have a whole ton watching here as well. So we've got loads of people. So, <laughs> folks, get as many questions up as possible, and we'll see what we get to, okay? Um, throw up as many questions as you want to ask my dad, and we'll see. Like, this is going ballistic, these hard things. So I'm going to kick off the first question. So, right, Dad, we all know that you're one of 14 children. Yes, I was tell, tell Tell me a bit. Tell us all about that. I was one of 14 children, so I was, I was the fourth. Um, seven boys and seven girls. Uh, very proud of the fact, very proud of my mum and dad. Very proud of, of being a member of a big family. You know, we uh, we grew up, I'm from Downpatrick, and we grew up in Downpatrick in a, in a place called Ardaran, the hill of Ireland, uh, off John Street in Downpatrick. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we were very, very lucky. We were very, very lucky. I was born during the war. Some of the older ones were born during the war. And we got a lot of, um, during the war and um, just after the war and up until I think it was 1952, 54, there was rationing and oh, yeah. nobody had anything. The world was flattened. So you had nothing? There's, we had no, no one had anything, but I was very lucky. I was very, very lucky. We were very lucky. I said, my mother was from Art Glass and my grandparents had a wee place in Art Glass. Mm -hmm. Chickens, fish, yep. produce, they had a bit of ground, produce. And um, my grandfather, he was a very, very good man as far as as uh, producing. And so we always had fish coming into the house, chickens and plenty of eggs. And uh, it was a great time. Um, down Patrick in those days, the very, very few people had anything. No motor cars, of course, and none of this technology that we have today. I mean, do you know what this is? Lucky enough having a... What do you call this, Ron? Well, I have no idea. On the internet? Oh, the internet. I have absolutely <laughs> no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> oh. But um, um, I'm not computer literate at all. <laughs> um, uh, you know, uh, that's the way That's the way we grew up. Yep. But I grew up very, very happy. Very. My seven brothers, my, my six brothers and myself, and my seven sisters and me, I don't believe we ever did fall out. No. Really. To this day, we're all very great. I can meet them. Uh, two sisters have just left the house there a minute ago. Um, had a brother and a sister here during the week. And um, it was a super time to grow up because nobody, my friends, our neighbours, had much. No. But all we had was, and it was a, it was a sharing time. Um, so it was. I don't, I don't think that, uh, I don't think there's ever a time that I can say that I was unhappy about it. It wasn't easy. Tell, we got tell there. everybody there, Dad, how many people was there next door to you on either side? So how many, right. many children was there right. in this well, well, there was three yeah. houses. Well, um, um, well, I'm going to tell you, but, um, 
I don't even remember their names, you know, the, the names of the children and that, you know. But on, on one side of me, there was there was a family of nine. On one side, there was a family of 18. On another side, you know, there was a family, nine huge families, you know, of, of, um, of people. You took them 30 or 40, 30 or 40 children. Yes, and, 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 and four houses, yeah. Four houses. It, it was indeed. And that was the norm in Down Patrick, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and we were very proud of it. We were very happy with it all. Yeah. Indeed. Right. Well, here's one thing, and I can only remember Granda very, very vaguely. And funny enough, I can only remember, remember. I think we were kneeling saying prayers of his bed or something. I was only about three or four. Yes. I can actually remember that. So what did you love about your own dad? My dad was a pleasant man. My dad, my dad, uh, my dad loved life, so he did. He was a nurse, mm-hmm. and uh, he worked long and hard, and they done, in those days, done 12-hour shifts. Seven o'clock in the morning to seven o'clock at night. And many times I never seen my dad. And where did he work? Because they worked in the Dentsher Hospital in Down Patrick and worked there from from um, from his youth to his retirement. Um, good job, so it was a very good job. Came out with a decent pension. And my dad and I got on very, very well. And I don't believe my dad and I ever fell out either. He, he, he loved life. My dad liked his wee drink. He liked his, um, he, he loved the horses. Absolutely. <laughs> he was an expert. <laughs> On the horses, loved my mum, loved his children, loved his family. And what was his nickname? And his nickname was a millionaire. My dad's name in the hospital was millionaire. And he got the millionaire, so he did, because whenever he'd get his cheque at the end of the month, the uh, the um, the others would be talking, you see, and he'd be standing with his cheque in his hand. And uh, one of the nurses one time said, you know, that, well, he said, um, um, uh, here's my cheque, he says, and I probably owe as much again. But, you know, I've got a lovely wife. I've got a full family, he says, of very healthy, good children, he says. Sure, I'm a millionaire. Very good. And that stuck to him. His millionaire wasn't a million pound. His millionaire was what he had in life. Yep, yep. And I think a lot of people watching this can read that there. And people who know me, you'll probably see that too. We've got Potter and Shannon Dorn on. Okay. Potter and Shannon Dorn would be uh, among our our favourite nephews and nieces. But but they're all all very close. Yep, yep. And Shannon, yes, Sort of grand, sort of great uncle. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Shannon, Shannon has has worked out that I'm her <laughs> grandfather. Yeah, I'm her uncle. Uh, great uncle. Her great uncle. Yes, but right. She can't understand why I'm not her grandfather. Yes. If you see her, her attitude is I'm her, I'm her granny's brother. So she thinks if I'm a granny's brother, <laughs> then I must be something like that. Uncle, I must be grandfather. Right. Here, so here's a question for you: What was what was your best Christmas present? My best Christmas present, that's an easy one. <laughs> I know, that's as, as we grew up, myself and, and one of my very good friends, Harry Kelly, we always loved a torch. <laughs> uh, so we got a torch for Christmas. A torch. Yeah. And why? And a why, torch was, why? Hmm? Why, was your, why was that your favourite Christmas present? Well, it was it was one of those things that you could, you know, you could use so you could. And um, we used it for the fields and we used it for, you know, playing about. And, um, you know, the, the areas around our house, a torch. Um, as well as that, it was quite a reasonable, cheap thing. It had one difficulty. A torch had one difficulty in that. That you've got to remember now, we're talking about the we're talking about the early fifties and the fifties. Um where um if you got your new torch and you used it a lot, the batteries run out. <laughs> so you had to chuck it because you couldn't afford for to buy new batteries. So granny and granny could buy you a torch but they couldn't get yes, you the batteries. Yes. And a torch is what we would have requested. We mm-hmm. wouldn't ask for a torch. So you would read your letter to Santa? Yes. And it would have been for a torch. And I remember Harry Kelly and me going over the hills with our torch. And unfortunately, whenever we would come back again, we had them on for maybe two hours. Come back again, it started to feed. Right, you mentioned Harry Kelly. Who's your best friend? Harry Kelly and, and a group a group of friends. There was about six of us running about together, you know. But one of them that stands out in my head always is Harry Kelly. Well known as We Dart. <laughs> we Dart. Uh, quite a young athlete in his day. And uh, he died quite young. I was with him. Mm-hmm. I looked after him whenever he was, whenever he was going to hospital and things like that. I took him to the hospitals and stuff like that. And uh, even though he has good, good family, good, a good family who did look after him, and that him and me was always together, right, even to the end. Colleague Graham, who you met in my first event last year, roughly this time last year, has asked us a question. Asked you a question. Did you ever get an orange in your stocking? Yes, an apple and an orange was the big one. And why yes, was very, that? Very, very often. Well, actually, an apple and an orange was, was fruit. And fruit, you didn't get fruit. I mean, you know, bananas didn't come back. Because of rationing? Because of the war. Right. Um, and, you know, exotic fruits like like um, 
So you wouldn't have had a kumquat or a kiwi? Oh, not at all. Well, that's only recent stuff anyway. <laughs> um, but yes, yes, I've got an apple and an orange in, in my stocking. Yeah, that would have been regular. Collie, did you get a lump of coal? I wonder. <laughs> right, so that was wee dart. Now, this is one. What was your first job and what age were you going to be had your first job? Well, whenever I was, whenever I um, came 15, we could leave school at the age of 15. I was able, I had left school at, um, on a Friday. And I got a job, so I did, and with a plumbing, heating, um, uh, engineering company in Belfast, John Berling and Sons, and they were they were a good good company, and they were um, doing the nurses' home in the Denture Hospital in Fabric, and they were looking for for young men, and and I joined them. I actually, worked in Belfast with them for a while and stuff, you know. Then, on one of the jobs that we done was actually in Down Fabric, uh, in a factory. And uh, um, the boss of the place asked me one day, would I like to come and work for them? And I finished 35 years working for that same company. And down Patrick, it was great because it was down the hill from where I lived. Right. I didn't have to go on the bus and and traffic jams and all Belfast. And that's where I finished up. What about, did you work for your Uncle Tony? Worked for my Uncle Tony in Belfast. What did you do there? And my Uncle Tony had a, had a, had a, had a fish, fresh, fresh fish shop in the Armour Road in, in Belfast and I worked with him. Uh, he and I worked for a man called, uh, for an, another um, um, fishing, fish, fresh fish shop and then Tony opened up his own business in, uh, I lived with Tony, so I did for oh, quite a long, long, long time. Loved every minute, they were very good to me. Yeah. Very, very good to me, so they were. But well, what did you do for them? Brother. What did you do I for Tony? I but what did you do? You went around the Belfast on the bike. Oh yes, I was. And that's how you knew. Sure, I was the delivery boy. An old bike with. with so you're, you were like Granville. A basket, a basket like, in the front. You were like Granville in the book of all ours. Absolutely, that's that's absolutely right. Yeah. And you loved it. And I loved every minute of it. I did indeed. Belfast it was a big city. I came from the country. I came from the town. They used to call me, even though I came from a town of Dunpatrick, still called you the country man. I will. Well, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about that because you then went to real country whenever you came to here. We'll yeah. talk about that. We'll talk about that. Right. How did you meet Mummy? Mary and I worked together. Right. Mary worked in the same company as me, which worked for. She, I worked for. She worked for a company, and I worked for another company. But the same man opened. She worked for a company called Allard Westcombe and Company. I worked for a company called J. G. Thomason and Company. But J. G. Thomason owned both, right. and so we really worked for the same man. Um, and is there, if there's any crossfitters out there, right? The place that we do crossfit. That's where my mum and dad worked. I worked. That was the factory, mm -hmm. believe it or not. Knew every, I knew every corner, every nook in it. I was there for 35 years. Um, but me and I, that's how that's how I met. And at a Christmas dinner. All right, keep her let's go. Go tell us about that there. At a Christmas dinner, you know, there was a, there was a fellow after her. She wasn't that, <laughs> she wasn't that uh, keen on him. So she run to me this this night at the Christmas dinner. And she said, Jim, Jim, she says, save me, sort of thing, you know. And we went out, and that was it. That You're was a core boy. Start of it all. Oh, I'm some kid. <laughs> and, uh, and I never looked back. You know, Mary was lovely. Mary was a lovely, lovely person. Lovely girl, beautiful, big-looking uh, country girl, which I, I know that's, um, that's maybe wrong. Well, well, she was from the country. Well, we'll talk she about was it. lovely and big, strong girl. Well, okay, let's, we'll talk about Mummy. What was your favourite thing about Mummy? Mary had a lot of favorite things that I liked about her, you know. But Mary was was easy going, you know. No difficulties at all with her, you know. Um, the sad thing about Mary is that very very early in life, she took very ill, extremely ill, and unfortunately for a long part of the, her life. But I loved there was lots of things I loved about her, you know. Mary loved going shopping. One of the things that she loved more than anything, and I would take her shopping, take her to Dublin, you know. She would look through a shop in Dublin for oh, just wild for hours and hours and hours and hours, and then very, very famously, you know, she couldn't make her mind up. Well, I suppose men can do the same, but so well, I take that trade on. Of course you do. And anyway, she um, one particular time there was this um, fur coat, this <laughs> sheepskin coat that she really fancied, and it was in a shop in Dublin, you know. And anyway, she couldn't no, no, not have it. We got back to about the other side in Uri and she says, Jim, she says, we'll have to get that. This was a Friday, one of her holiday days. Mm -hmm. I had to take her back to Dublin on Saturday. I didn't mind that. It was her own money. And it was another day out. At that time, with no with no family. You hardly any money, though. Well, um, actually, the, the way it was with money, if Mary was spending 
like that. Mm-hmm. She'd spend her own money. Right. That's one right. of the lovely things about it. Right. So, and these round, these questions are random, folks. They're not in any chronological order or nothing. So, apologise. I'm just going to go for it here. What do you remember about the wedding day? Wedding day, ah, lovely wedding day. Lots of lovely memories. I thought um, I would have been on the 14th of March past. Yes. Mum and Dad would have been 51 years married. Yes. Well, the interesting thing is, if any of you can remember back to the 14th of March just a couple of weeks ago, it was the most horrendous day ever fell. The day that we got married was the most gorgeous day, most gorgeous day ever. All the girls and the men were out in their finery. Um, Miriam was lovely. We were dressed to kill. And, and tell people um, what was special about Mummy's wedding dress. Mary, Mary the, the thing that we loved about Mary's wedding dress was that Mary, um, bar the bits that she couldn't do herself, you know, whereas, you know, for, for fitting, Mary made a lot of her wedding dress. And a local neighbour here put it all together for her, you know. But she designed and, and um, the, the, the two ladies together put it together. So mummy designed a made her wedding dress. Yes, and yes. And Rita well, well, Rita, her, her friend, who, who is it, she put it all together. So, great job. What do, you, what do you remember about the day? Uh, you, the weather was grand. Well, it, was down, it was down Lock and Island Chapel, and we'll talk about Lock and Island in yes, a bit. Yes, indeed. Um, well, there was, there was lots of things about it, you know. Family there, two families. Um, it was just a special day. Receptions were? Reception was in the Arlington Hotel in the Main Street, Newcastle. In our day, just prior to us having our wedding reception, it was used to have what was known as a wedding breakfast. Right. The bride and groom and the, the, the party would go back to the bride's house and uh, that's where they would have the, the wedding breakfast. Um, as luck has it, we were able to, through the help of Mary's mother and uh, through the help of, of ourselves being sort of thrifty, we were able to put together a lovely wedding day. Uh, we had one, there was one difficult chink in it, so there was that Mary's father dropped dead very suddenly just before we were married. Mm, two weeks. You know, two weeks. And uh, it was that was a difficult period of time, but we went ahead with it. Lovely day, lovely people, lovely wedding, and everything went well. And right, so you went honeymoon where? Went to Dublin. Um, if uh, Dublin was it was a big, you know, to get a honeymoon at all, ah. you know, fifty one, fifty two years ago was was huge. Uh, so we went to Dublin, and and uh, there was lots of things happened in Dublin. Was in those days, you know, money was was um, money. You know, if I told you that we could get a, a meal, a two-course meal, for three shillings and sixpence. What was that then? 15, 17 and a half P in the day's money. Um, it was tight enough going. It uh-huh. was indeed. So in, in Dublin, in, in those days, there was a particular little restaurant in the middle of O'Connell Street. And every day Mary went there, Mary and I went there for dinner. We didn't go back to where we were stopping for our dinner because, you know, um, it would have meant breaking off and their day out and all. So we had our breakfast, went and had our dinner and think. But the highlights of that was that we used to get on these coach tours and they were mystery coach tours. You know? yeah. And they were the highlight. They were a great, great thing in those days. CIE run these coach tours. Loved every minute. Right. I'm going to rewind a wee bit. I went ahead of myself that. So before you get married, right? And when you're going together, what's the, what sort of stuff do you just do? You know, right? You know, if you're yeah. if we were saying now we're going for a night, you go for a night out. Yes, you that's go to right. Cinema, that's Right. Well, I'll tell you what our night out was, and not just us, everybody. Right. A huge night out was the dance. Okay. Show bands were huge. And I you mean, followed the show bands around Ireland? We followed show bands around Ireland. We did indeed. We went, if, if we could get to them, we went. I remember one night, me and, and, and a few other fellas, I think it was four or five of us, we went um, to, um, to Newry Town Hall to a dance, and uh, knowing we couldn't get home, and you for a walk, so it is. And as luck has it, we got a lift. But we didn't mind that. We went to... And you walked miles to good places, didn't oh, you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was bicycles. And you know what? You could have went to a dance and along the dance hall, particularly the, the country, particularly country, little country halls, you know, where, where there wasn't any electric and anything like that. And right along the side of the halls was all the bicycles. Mm. And the boys would take their girlfriends home on the bar of a bike. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Today, if you told a girl that look, I'm I'm, I'm coming to meet you on on my bike and take me home in the bar, you would get chased. (laughs) (laughs) Morris Gelson, you handy at the dancing gym. I was a good dancer. What sort of dancing Uh, did you do? Well, well, I we were very lucky in that a lot of the dance halls in my youth 
you weren't allowed, particularly the, because there were, there were sort of that type of halls, you went into the world and there was big notices right down the sides of the hall. No rock and roll. What? No jiving. No jitterbugging. So you had to waltz. So oh, who told you to waltz? The priest? The, the, the committee of the, you know, they, they wanted to do go and waltz and stuff like that. Right, right. So we would, we would have waltz. And then, of course, they had to, they had to change the rules because the jive come in and I love jiving. I absolutely love jiving. Uh, who was your favourite, who's your favourite um, artist? My favourite artist? No. When they were off Elvis at the time, you know. Hmm. Um, uh, who's your favourite Irish artist? What was your favourite show band? Oh, my, that, well, that, that would have been. But the thing about the show bands was there was about four top show bands. And if you went to any one of them, you know, but Brent Boyer and the Royal, of course, was the top, you know. Mm. But you had, you know, you had, um, the, I think that the very first show band that I can be aware of was the Clipper Carden, they called it. You know, now that was a great new thing because Clipper Carden came out on the stage with a variety of, of instruments, trombones, trumpets, Right. guitars and you name it and they stood up for three hours that was very very unusual on the stage and never stopped for three solid hours so i can tell you by the time that you finish your jiving you know and then they had to have then a break for three minutes between every between every set dance so you could pick another girl you could pick another girl well you know what i mean well i mean you went to dancing how many girls did you pick oh, well, <laughs> during the night you know but but jiving in the sixties, the sixties was time to live. I mean, there's a lot of people would tell you today that they'll have to get the sixties back again. Oh, I know, I know you're you probably know, right. Because probably of, right. You know, right. Um, we're going to move on to another one. Right. So you said there, whenever you were in Belfast, you felt it could be country boy. I did indeed. But I then you, but you're really a tiny because you're from Dipatrick. Yes, that's right. So, my dad's originally from Dipatrick, so you know if everybody knows where Dipatrick is, that's where St Patrick's buried. Um, it's in the middle of County Down. So my dad then moved seven miles to the village that my mum's from and where we still live now. A beautiful, beautiful, special place called Lockin Island. Um, and the big thing, and my dad was called a blow-in. Yes. And still, still is. Still would be a blow-in, yes. Even though my dad has been here 54 years. I'm, I'm a Down Patrick man who lives in Lockin Island, but let me tell you, I absolutely love Lockin Island. I would never leave it. Love the Lock and Island people. They're a great, great group of people. Um, and they, they would tell you the same about me. Yes, there's no doubt about that. We would be would be, you know, but very, you got, very close friends and but good. You you got away with that for a for a very good reason. That was because you married Lock and Island Girl. I married Lock and Island Girl, and that was a big one. That's how I got really and because the, Mary, who I married, was one of a family who's connected with nearly everybody in Lock and Island, uh, you know. So it's like a traditional and, family. And this tra um, but as well as that, I also got involved, so I did, with the people Lockin Island. I didn't sit here in the house and, and, you know, sit back and hope. I went out, met the people, you know, we we had chance. In those days, you had concerts once, twice a month, and you went to the concerts, you met the people. And and football and everything. I became one of them. Then, of course, you went to football. Indeed. Right. So, but, so in effect, that you were like a tiny, right? And then you came to what I would be called, we're, we're called cheese, right? But for anybody who knows, quite a unique thing is we're sitting in, we're actually sitting here in my great grandfather's house. Yes. And my mum was born and unfortunately died in the very same room. Yes. Believe it or not, in the house here. Yes. Um, and that's where we still the live. The room that Mary was born in is the room that she died in. Which is, which is unbelievable. Which is unique, yeah. Um, now, so tell us about moving to Lockin Island. What was the challenges? You know, what happened? Right, well, the challenges. What was the differences? Well, the difference was. You come from a town, you've got a shop down the street, you know, you've got all the lads down, down sort of the same street as you, all your friends in the same area, the same, the same sort of, uh, but Lockin Island, whenever I came here first, you know, uh, no electric, no electric in, in the whole area. Mm -hmm. Nearly everyone had generators or, you know, um, different forms of, of getting light and electric and stuff like that. Um, very, very quiet. Couldn't get over the quietness of it. I was really in the bells of the company and at night, Whenever you were going to bed, you looked out, so you did, and you looked into pure, pure darkness. I was not used to that. I was used to being in a, in a street where I could look out. Um, you know, uh, we, we moved to a place called St. Dillon's Avenue, a lovely avenue in Down Patrick, you know, and uh, right beside the hospital, if anybody knows Down Patrick, and uh, loved the people there, loved the people, my neighbours and friends. Don't believe we were falling out either. 
<laughs> and and um, it was, and I left those people to come out to Lockin Island, and it took a few years. It was took a few years to get settled yeah, here, and yeah, yeah. indeed. Right. So, and then you were here with my granny. Yes, lovely, lovely person. My mother-in-law was an absolutely super, super person. Have you any stories with her? Like I have, I have. You know, she was Mary's mother. My 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 uh, my mother-in-law. She was so so pleasant. Um, people say, well, how can you go and live in a place like that there with your mother-in-law? You wouldn't live with your mother-in-law five minutes if she wasn't. But I lived with a wee woman, a wee angel, and uh, oh, she was mighty crack. She was the best crack ever, and still the lot of nine people tell you that she was an unbelievable crack to be in the company of. So there's still people come to me in the, oh, gen yeah. in the generation of my dad would still come to me now and talk about my, my granny's nickname is T, mm -hmm. and everybody knew as T. So yes. how's how's T to come? Everybody still uh, still talks about her, yes, raves about her. Uh, she was a character. I will never, ever, ever say a bad word about her. She was lovely, you know. And in fact, I grieve for her whenever she died. Like some people grieve whenever their mother-in-law died. You know, they, they just couldn't believe how I felt about my mother-in-law. She was she was sweet, innocent, unbelievable, and a great country woman who was uh, sorry. It's innocent town people in Melbourne, but that all wrong. But you know, she was typical sort of innocent. We are country woman. woman. Yes. Uh -huh. Right, so then the, how did you get the opportunity then to buy the house here? How did you manage that? How did that happen? Well, actually, what happened was that at the time, at the time, the sitting tenant, um, um, at the time, the, the council, and I think it was Maggie Thatcher, who came about to say that, you know, the sitting tenants, the residents of the house, could um, buy their, their, their houses. Now, these houses, these lovely country cottages, yeah. had half an acre of ground. That's why they were called labourers' cottages, because the people that lived in laboured the little thing, put their vegetables in and their potatoes, and they come up for sale. And I said to Mary, I said to Mary, I'm prepared to live here for the rest of my life, or I'm prepared to live here, but I says we cannot let this opportunity go, you know. And it was four years from the day and hour that we started paying our uh, our cottage to the day that we owned it. <laughs> that, you know, now, now it is 25, 35 years. Um, yes, and for, for sort of the last, what, 47, 48 years. But now, I'm, I must decide, right? How much did you pay for the house? It's £250, so it was. <laughs> but that included, yes, but that included the, the solicitor's fees. Ah, here, come here. That, was, that like was hard. It was a hard four well, or five years. Yes, well, the, the big thing was, you see, the, the deal was that you had to bring them, you had to bring the cottage to modern day standards. So that was the electric and the water model. And that was bringing the, reducing, bringing the ceilings down, um, you know, and, and getting, get modern bathrooms and stuff like that. That was about a thousand pounds. I think it was estimated that, but we got a grant. Okay. And hence it wasn't bad enough. I mean, you have no idea what a thousand pound was like in 1967. Yeah. Serious money. Right. Here, we're going to go off into your sort of thing now. What, what's about what you're about, right? Where's, where's your favourite place in the world? My favourite place in the world is Ireland. Whereabouts um, in Ireland? Maybe? West Cork. <laughs> you do love Cork, is right? I, West, I love West Cork. And as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, if James says to me, which he has done and we have done, and you know, we're going to go somewhere in Europe. And I say, well, West Cork's in Europe. We'll go to there. It's just a part <laughs> of the world that I love. It's lovely. <laughs> and then it drops you into Kerry, you see. So yeah. no problem at all. And why is it for what? What is it just the... The scenery or the... Uh, scenery. No, the scenery, the history. The people. The people. You know, it's, it's just lovely. As a matter of fact, we used to go to a, a B&B in, in West Cork. So we did. I think it was abandoned, they called it. And um, it was, without a doubt, the best B&B in Ireland. You know, without... And we, were, we were there years ago. You were there, yes. Oh, yeah. And uh, we would go there. And um, if I was ever going to go to West Cork, it was this particular B&B that um, I certainly would have went to. Right. So... We're going to go on to talking to me, right? <laughs> what was it? What was the day like? I was born. Was that like? Well, James, uh, we were thirteen years married before James was born. We had been told that the chances of having a living baby were were, were not on at that time. Mary was having uh, a lot of difficulty with a thing called uh, the rhesus factor. Nowadays, they have, please God, overcome that. With I think it's a drug called anti D. But they didn't have that, it wasn't invented in our day, you know. So the babies didn't. But what happened was that James was was um, was transfused 
um, <laughs> with um, called endouterine transfusions. You know, Dr. John L. O'Sullivan, I can remember very, very well. And to keep James living, he had to be transfused in the womb. Yep. And then he was born, and he was born 10 weeks early. Big battle, big battle for him, battle for us. But the greatest joy ever was the day that James was born. <laughs> greatest joy, no, well, the greatest joy ever was the day that his mommy carried him from the door of the maternity hospital to the car. And that was about four and a half months after it I was It was four born. and a half months. He was in the hospital for four and a half months. Yeah. And he thrived and they got him around, you know, and he had to have, he had to exchange blood transfusions and all. Now look at him now, big, strong, healthy, lovely fella, lovely boy, lovely <laughs> son. You can tell my dad's a good liar too. No, 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 no. <laughs> I I'm absolutely mean it. I couldn't do it out, James. But, I'm sorry. And, and my own self now, I'm, I'm not just so well at the minute, but I've been, been not so well. And well, uh, James, well, no, and maybe you've got that coming. No, I haven't done, no, but, but, but we can't go on. Keep no, 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 but James, James, fair play to him, has taken a period of time and working all that to look after me. Well, if he, great. if he can't look after you and that's, your yeah, best friend, yeah, who, who, that's who, it. who could you do that's that? That's it. And James can, can cook like anyone, and he's here for me. Oh, God, I do I, anything well, for me. Well, there it is. Now, I suppose maybe we'll. What was the biggest. Hurdles or biggest challenges in your life, Dad? Um, I think the biggest challenge is really, really just growing up, getting sort of um, getting work, going to work, having no money, having very, very little money. Uh, that was a huge challenge, you know. But the, the good thing about that challenge was that every single person that I was associated with, we were on the same boat, you know. Um, challenges all around you. Um, but the only thing, the good thing about it is, no one had any more than I had. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, uh, and then you had the challenge of mummy. Well, then Mary took ill. Which was, was a, and, and again, uh, for people, probably yeah. a lot of people who know us, yeah. know the, the sort of uh, unique that sort was, of circumstances we had. With yeah. Well, that was a huge challenge because Mary had MS. She's an MS sufferer. And uh, it was a huge, huge challenge that it was because I had to then leave work. So I took early retirement. Um, and came and never regret it, and still to this day, don't regret what we've done for, you know, James done a lot for his mum as well, but she was completely and absolutely bedridden for, for 14, 15 yeah, so years, and in a comatose state. No, it's the wee pet, you know, whenever, lovely. Like, like I tell people, so basically what happened to mummy was that she had MS whenever we were going together, didn't, didn't she? She did, she did, we didn't know about it, but now whenever we look back, there was wee clues that that we spotted, you know. Uh, I remember one time the doctor asking me, you know, did I notice anything? Well, there was things that you did notice. There was that I now know, knowing what I know, was she had MS. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then we were told actually, she had actually MS whenever James was born. So, so really what happened was then, wherever I was born, that was a trigger for the MS just to go ballistic. Yeah, ballistic yeah. mm -hmm. um, my first yeah. memories of my mum was, I was her second walking stick. So yes. she had a stick in one hand, she had my shoulder in the other. That was, yes. that was about the age of four or five. Yes. Then the age of seven, she was completely wheelchair bound. And then the age of me being 14, she was in a coma. Yes. And then unfortunately she passed away about 14 years after that. Yes. In this house, believe it or not. Um, but like, it was quite a privilege, wasn't it? Oh, total privilege. And uh, whenever you think of it today, you know, us sitting here, um, if I had a had Mary in care, for instance, you know, and not able to care for her, now, they, a fair play to any man or any woman, for that matter, who's got a, a, a sick um, wife or, or husband or whatever in, in care or look, been looked after. Um, that's fair. That's yep, fine. Yep. They can't do it. That's that's great. I wouldn't. I was able to do it all. I had no difficulties at all with looking after Mary, looking after her her personal stuff, looking after her personal ways. And as as, as luck has it, I was a pretty strong, healthy fella. And I have absolutely a great joy that now that she's not with us, now that she's dead, gone to heaven, I have a great joy in that we were able to do what we done. But and no remorse whatsoever. But we were it. also blessed the person the mummy was. She was lovely. Because... The easiest person in the world to deal with. <laughs> and what, never what, moan, never give any... What problem. thing do we miss the most? Her smile no, well, and her laugh shed an infectious <laughs> laugh. It was it was hysterical laugh. Said, yes, it was and it, it, was, it was a laugh that that came with her MS. Yeah, right. So it was, but even in her even 
even at times whenever she was uh, sort of semi comatose she screamed out with laughing no, this is rather and hopefully it was she, she was brilliant she was enjoying something she was brilliant. okay so next one what's your hobbies what are you interested in right well um i've got i've got i grew up with a hobby you know i love the old football and the hurling we did a bit of hurling and doing Patrick in our day. I have a lovely photograph here in the house of myself as a young, young he's man. A queer, he's a queer fella at the age of 17. Stand holding a hurl. And, Knocking people out with a hurl. In those days, in those days it, was, it was great. Uh, my my all-time hobby, of course, was is on the railway in Dan Patrick. I'm trying to remember the Dan Patrick Railway Company, um, the, the Dan Patrick County Down Railway, it's called. And uh, I'm trying to remember. And I'm very proud of the fact that it's gone from, from it's, you know, short bains to, to what it is today. Uh, I know that James said the other day, I often told James uh, the story about, about one of the engines. I put so much sweat and blood and tears and hard work into, into this particular project that me and a couple of others was at. You know, I used to tell James, I says, you say, James, I own a quarter of that engine. But of course, I didn't own a quarter, but you know. But you probably but it off it and you yeah, welded it. The, the, the work that we put into it, I said, that engine owes me something, you know. Um, Great, great group of people, great group of men and women uh, in the railway. Proud to be part of it, proud to be part of them. And you know what? And just because in, in recent years I haven't just been so good, I uh, um, one of my difficulties was I've got quite a serious hip problem and uh, I'm down for a new hip. And if I get a new hip, I'd be back out in the railway <laughs> chasing around after them. Um, miss, miss the men, miss the ladies, miss the women. You know those that that uh, there's as many as I can tell you. Some of the women that, that do the, the Trojan work down there in Dan Patrick. And uh, that's my hobby. The so, other hobby, of course, I like to, I like the, the the other hobbies you have, I like the walking and the fishing and the you know the normal reading. things. Love reading. So I'm an avid. Oh, you're, reader. you're a voracious reader. I'm voracious. You're absolutely voracious. Um, like I have got I've got we had a wee difficulty in the house here recently with a wee burst pipe, <laughs> and the thing that had to be saved. Was the boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes? Well, that's books. true. With the library, you know. Oh God, you couldn't with the library, one. right? So, okay, tell the people how many times you've used a mobile phone. Right, and um, <laughs> never once. <laughs> once, really. Um, James got me a mobile phone about ten years ago. It's absolutely brand new. It's still in the it's still in the package that it came in, and just because of um, the way that I am nowadays, I went out the car. I had to carry a mobile phone with me. And just one night, just one night, the car broke down. And here, I says, I'll try this mobile phone thing. So I phoned up the local mechanic and uh, we got ourselves we got ourselves sorted out. And that, you know, once ever I have used a mobile phone, the mobile phone that James bought me is down in the drawer. <laughs> Undoubtedly needs charging or whatever you do. I'm not into mobile phones. I come from a group of people who are a bit like this. We grew up at the time, whatever. We used our own brains. Well, well that's we very true. Yeah. What did you say to someone challenged you about not using a mobile phone? Well, I, 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 I always maintain I always maintain that uh, if I'm asked a question, right, I don't need to refer to the mobile phone for the answer. It's all in my head. I can do a sum in my head where I, everybody I else would do a sum. In, on, I, I'm an accountant. I don't need a calculator. I can't I do it in my calculator head. Stuff but like do you always said, I remember you saying to somebody, um, someone was trying to explain to my dad the workings of a mobile phone, and my dad says, "You tell me that whenever you come, you can come and explain to me what a slide rule does." Yes, yes, that, that's because exactly. my, dad, my dad's an engineer. Well, I can use I can use the slide rule, and the slide rule. I'm talking to people out there that doesn't even know what a slide rule is, but it was a calculator, and then its own way. But it was a rule with with um. So it works with calculations, with calculations, for, calculations. Yes, and and you know you had you had different calculations on it, and they, they couldn't. As a matter of fact. The great ships, the great oh, I, shipyard and the shipyard. Titanic's would have been. Was, oh, yes, they were all done with slide rules. They were all calculated with slide rules. And you're also interested in the Titanic. No, the Titanic. Titanic, just just out of a bit of interest, it was, you know. Um, in my youth in Belfast, you know, I had the great privilege of actually standing uh, on the Graven Dock uh, where Titanic was built um, away, in, away in those days, you know. Um, and... Uh, you know, it was the dry docks. It's still there. Tell, tell people why, what the connection is. Right, the connection is that, that um, um, on, the, um, on um, the day that it sank, right, Titanic sank, at the iceberg, you know, um, in 1912, was the 15th of April. Uh, and I was born on the 15th of April. 
1912, mind you. Yeah. <laughs> Not 1912. I was born in 45. But um, that's that's how I know the day the Titanic sank. The 15th of April, 1912. What um, what other thing have you not used? I have never used a computer. No, that's, that's okay. But what's right. the most common thing that people will go, what? Oh, a, a card. <laughs> a hole in the wall. Card, hole in but the wall. that's never used a hole in the wall I before. I have never, ever, ever, ever <laughs> used it. Well, you know, oh, and I can brilliant. tell you what, I can tell you what, I can uh, I can produce what I have to produce without going to a whole can, lot. And, you know, that's philosophy. Yeah. And, 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 like, I have no huge money in the house or nothing no. like that. No, nothing like that. But um, it's just not for me. And I run about with three fellas. Well, None of the three of us has got cards. And I, I'm an accountant and I can deal with finance and I do deal with finance. But my dad deal with finance is something, something else. In terms of drawing up what he has to draw down and stuff, and he does long division, small yes, multiplication. And stuff. I can, I can, uh, I still would if I was writing a letter. I still write a letter with Parker Pen. That's very true. With ink, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and love it, and yeah. that's the way I am. But things that like your handwriting, your handwriting is immaculate. Oh yes, my handwriting yes. is a disgrace. It's like a doctor. Yeah, it's like a scribble. Yes, you don't handwrite this at all. No, no. You know? It's all those old skills that that you have. It's brilliant. Sure. sure. I actually love my I love my, my, my own pen that I write with. I love calculating something out of my own head. Or I love actually putting it down in pencil and paper yeah. and working right. it out. You're right. Right. Now, what's your favourite sport? Favourite sport? Um, I dare say it would be football. You know, Gaelic football. No, no. And I love hurling. And, and you, you always like to be good at athletics. I love the athletics. Oh, God, I indeed. Uh, but of course, you're talking about your youth. But as you get older, you know, athletics is athletics on this week now. But then you, you were a swimmer and a cycler too. Yes, but that was that was. Um, I used to be long to a, a group of men who went swimming twice a week, and I also at the time was out on the bicycle a great deal, you know, and uh, loved all that. And then you get old, and you know, we caught up. I know a lot of people say, "Well, you're only seventy three. You know, um, um, I'm 74, I'm 80, and I still go out on my bike. You know, different ones to say, but those were my those were my hobbies. Can't understand, can't understand in life, you know, why um, I took ill. Well, because, look, you know, and they're taking a, you know, I don't drink or smoke. Look, we'll, 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 right. we'll put it in a bit of context, right? So, unfortunately, Dad last year was given a bit of bad news. Mm-hmm. Prostate cancer, cancer of the spine, most aggressive form, which was a massive... It does, right? Pink, pink, pink. Because my dad, as I say, didn't drink or smoke, was very healthy, done his life the textbook way, allegedly. Of course, that never works out that way. No, no, no. But if there is a textbook way of getting through all this, and my dad got through chemo in December, it is my dad. So, okay, let's throw this as, an, as in a question I wasn't going to ask you. Mm-hmm. How do you get through that? What you, If people are going through stuff like that there, what would your advice be then? Well, my advice would be, you know, um, don't get under it. Whatever you do, no. just don't get under. Of course, I have a great faith, which helps oh, me as very well. True, very true. And and uh, but don't let it get you down. Don't get under. Get out and do the things. I still would get out and about. I say to James, James, let's go up to Newcastle for a run. Yeah. Let's go out for a run. Yeah. Let's go to here and there. You know, I would do all those things and and still not once have I. And I, I know James is going to agree with this. I've never sat here and I said, "Oh, poor me." No, you don't. I'm just You've never this, done that. Uh, you know, You've never done this that. morning, just to let you know, this morning I was with the cancer specialist, hmm. and uh, anyway, he, he looked up the Jesus. Look, he says, "Look at great news here." He said, "You know, everything called PSA. My PSA is zero. No, it was unreal." And it started, and he there. says, "This is absolutely super." He says, and he said at the end of our, our whenever we had our chat and our checkup and all that, he says, "I don't want to see you for a year." And um, if I get this new hip. I'll jump over this house and I can tell so you. basically what happened, before this happened last July, right, and before the hip kicked in, my dad had the All-Ireland Travel Pass. And yes. no wonder the company's in the shape it was because <laughs> my dad bankrupted the place by using the bus so much and yeah. the trains and the ferries and whatever else because yes. him and his wee mate, we travel mate, travel the whole country. Yes. So hopefully we'll keep, we'll, we went, in the summer we'll get back. Yes, we will. That, we went that on our travel passes every corner of Ireland, every town, city, every boring, you name it, and we were in it. And I'm going to do that again. Good I tell you, I'll get back to it. Right. Another couple of odd ones. What subjects did What subjects did you like in school? Loved history. Oh, you still do, to be fair. Loved that history, and I yeah. still would be a history thing. Um, actually, funny enough, in a, in a peculiar way, I like geography as well. Um, but my big one would have been history at school, you know. Um, what about maths? Maths, no. Did you not? 
I like maths, but no, it wouldn't be my favourite subject, you know. Um, my Just basic maths is fine. God bless you. <laughs> what about science? So I love science, yes. You do you like a wee bit of science? Sorry, I like science. I still, even to this day, I like a bit of science. What about English? But, but, no. You had to get through English. You needed English to get through it. But my favourite one now would have been history. Aye. I love the history. And to be fair, for all the books, so if you intend to be dad's bed, his is bed oh, surrounded with yes. books. Um, I think he sleeps in the middle of this sort of cocoon uh, of books. Well, I've got a wee bedside. I've got a bedside <laughs> table at each side. And a, and a, and a flip a library in the corner. But yes. the vast majority of them, so 80% are probably history books, aren't they? Uh, yeah, yes, yes, love history. And Irish history is probably... I love thing. travel books. Yeah, but, and Irish history is maybe the thing. Yes. One, one gift I think my dad has given me is the love of Irish history. I, I adore Irish history. Yes, I, I love the culture. I love... Uh, and, you know, I was listening to Martin Gilchrist, actually. Martin's on How You Doing and Mr. Kevin Young. And your um, Facebook Live on Sunday night passed. And I know you were mentioning, Kevin, about the stuff that we have here. In this part of County Down, so that's the Moan Mountains in Shabby, yeah. Lock and Island, where we live, where there's three ancient churches, there's a, an ancient three and a half thousand year old burial ground, you have in Shabby, St. Patrick's Grave, St. Patrick's Statue, all this wonderful stuff. And if you go further into the south, you know, you've got Newgrange, you've got the Rock of Cashel, you've got the stuff in Mayo, Crook Patrick, whatever. And I have to owe my love of all that to my dad because he took me everywhere. So because we couldn't. Really, a foreign holidays because of mummy um, and because of the wheelchair. Got the wheelchair, fired it in the boot, and away we went to Cork, yeah. or away we went to Galway, or away we went to Donegal, yes. or wherever that, that happened, was. That happened weekly. So, thank God that you gave me an awful love of the country and an awful yes, love yeah. of the history, yeah. which is Love's a gift history. to me and the, yeah. and the culture and stuff. So, and James and I spent a lot of time around ancient monuments. Oh, I'm God. an ancient monument now with the day myself, but we spent a lot of time in ancient monuments. So you went around Strill Wells and then Java. Oh, well, that would have been. Uh, I, I run about with a lovely group of fellas, a lovely group of men. And uh, at night we would congregate, so we would, at a place called the Pump, the top of John Street in <laughs> Patrick, which was a pump. Is, that what this, was, is this what his dog was? I it was a dog at John Street Corner, very famous. The haunted, one. the ghost? I, black dog at John <laughs> Street Corner. Of course, a lot of nonsense, but, you know, um, we used to get we used to get caught up with that. And we would go for a walk, and we'd go for a walk around the Downshire Hospital right around the downshire wall and finish up at Strules and come back again. And we had debates. We had, you know, great crack, no difficulties in those days. And thank God, you know, one of the great things about me growing up in Down Patrick, Down Patrick, I don't ever remember a difficulty. My friends were not always the same persuasion as me, but that made no difference to us. We had great, great times. Um, and it was only, you know, it was only in, in, uh, in, in those years that I can really turn around and say, what a wonderful thing we used to do. Yeah. Would you go for a walk out around school the night? Yeah, yeah. You know, would you? Three or four times a week? Not at all. Right. You know? Next to me question. Are you more like granny or granddad? What I mean by that is more like your mum right. or your dad. I'm my mum. Oh, no I. doubt about that. Oh, I. No doubt about that. Not only did I look like my mum, my mum was a gorgeous looking woman. <laughs> woman. Uh, well, I'm biased, of course, but she was. She was a lovely woman. Uh, I mean, you just imagine, my mum had 14 kids. She had 15 kids. She had 15, so she had, because one died, and, and it died just at birth, and was full of... Full and what was baby. your granny like? And my granny was, your, your granny was lovely. She was absolutely lovely. She was some girl. My mum, my mum, most of us was buried. So I was born in the same house, at home, in the room. And my mum wouldn't have been two days in bed till she was up, getting us out to school, getting it. The, the dinner's getting my dad out to work. You know, it's not one of the reasons the why you, you had to go to work at 14 to bring money back well, in yes, the house. Yes, of course, you, everybody had to, you know, there was no money coming into the house or any money that was coming in was swallowed up. So, you know, we all had to go out to work. Um, I was lucky that my older sisters and brothers and that were, were, were nurses and, and they were able to get employment in Down Patrick. Down Patrick being a hospital town, you see, what did you do? You became a nurse. No. Oh, you know? what, what was we granny like? My mum, she was the... She was the most popular person in country. And you were talking about she was belle of the ball. Love dancing. Oh, love dancing. Love it going. See, see the weddings and the children's weddings and the the grandchildren's weddings and all sorts. She was never off the floor. Um, very very easy going. Loved wouldn't take a lift down the town to go shopping. Mm. Loved going down the town doing her shopping. Two big bags. Up until the mid eighties. Oh, mid mid eighties. Two big bags of shopping and that, you know, and she would come thrunding up Irish Street <laughs> and wouldn't take a lift. Why? Because the people on the way up 
home up the hill, up Airy Street, John Street, and then down into St. Helens Abbey we live. They were thrown open by their doors. They were thrown up their windows. Mary, how are you today? And you're looking quite well. And she loved all that. She's one of the cracks. And that's why as she took a lift. And one of us went and picked her up. Aye. She'd miss all that. She'd miss oh, all that. She's very special. I should be Dolly Boy too. Even up until her mid eighties, she's still one of the herd on and all that. Oh, love her Johnson yeah. and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Right, here's a cracker. Who's the most famous person you've ever met? Right. Well, um, I've been lucky enough in that that um, um, I was invited with a group of multiple choices people, and Mary, my wife Mary, to Dublin. You know, and we were the guests of our Mary Robinson in Arson Ukraine. Who was the president of Ireland? Business, president of Ireland, and also in the Mansion House. In Dawson Street in Dublin, and that's the, the home of the Lord Mayor. And we were treated very, very well, you know. Got seen all Aaron and that, you know. And uh, the, the food, we actually had a meal with the um, with the Lord Mayor. And the Lord Mayor, um, he uh, um, he was a great, and sat beside me as it were through the whole meal. And uh, a great, oh, a lovely, lovely person. I can always remember. Sean Kenny, they call him. That's right. But we went to, um, went to Arson Uterine, so we did, the next day. And uh, Mary Robinson, she was, I have to say, she was absolutely a one, lovely, lovely person, um, treated us very well with lovely tea. You know, we're talking about, we're talking about really good stuff here. We're talking about, you know, not just your, 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 your cup of tea and biscuit. Um, <laughs> it was salmon and, and stuff, wasn't oh, it? I, and there was salmon up in the, the, the mansion house. Mm. And um, the, um, it was one of the best weekends ever. Stayed in a lovely hotel. Um, but that would be the, that well, would be. The, I met. Some, now, I have to say now. I met some lovely, lovely people who would just be. As, they don't have to be presidents and, and Lord Mayors to be. But you have given. Books, but you, you have given yourself credit here. So, but that was the chairman of the MS Society. That's the reason why yeah, the mid down group in the, in the mid down group here at County Down, right? Yes. So, but that was chairman of the group, and he, he was taking that group to the Lord Mayor one day and to Mary Robinson the next day. Yes, yeah. But what Jim hasn't told you was he had to give the keynote speech to the both of them. Oh, yes. So, you know, yeah. um, I, well, I would say my dad basically talked them into the ground. There was, there was, one, <laughs> there was one very good one. There was one very good one that, that um, I tell the story about. You've heard me talking about the little row of houses in, in John Street and the Patrick that we were born in. Well, there's, a, there's quite, a, quite a well-known photograph taken of Down Patrick from sort of... Well, the bottom of, of, of Irish Street, where we call Breen's Corner, uh, where the uh, town hall now is. And the shot is, is sort of, no, from about halfway up it, the shot is looking up the Irish Street and looking up towards John Street. And the wee house that I was born in um, was in the photograph. It still is in the photograph, there, you can see. But, and there's a market outside it. Mm -hmm. Clothes are laying on the ground and stalls and things that got the whole way down Irish Street. But anyway, um, the um, unknown to me, one of the MS Society had had bought this picture, a framed photograph of this particular um, Irish Street scene, uh, and given it to the law when it was to be presented to the Lord Mayor. I had never seen it. I had never ever seen it. The Lord Mayor was was visiting Dan Patrick the week before, and uh, he was in English Street up to St Patrick's Grave and the, the cathedral and stuff like that. And here. Um, I was able then to to um, use that as a wee way in to presenting this this photograph. Uh, anyway, um, the um, the picture rather. Um, whenever I opened it up, I said, "Oh God, look! It's that that one my wee house in it." So whenever I presented it to the Lord Mayor, I took it out of its its cling film, its film, and everything like that, and I presented it. And I said. This is a, 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 an extension of the street that you were in last week in Down Patrick, you know, and this is this is Irish Street. And this is one thing is that, you know, wherever you're going to hang this, whether it be here or whether it's in your it's own home or anything like that. And I pointed this wee house at Jim Perry was born in that house. <laughs> <laughs> and that probably, hopefully, I would love to think that that's hanging in the mansion. Well, I would imagine so because they, did, they, they had, had walls full of these representation um, pictures. Right, so I'm going to ask you two more questions, and then that'll be us. Right. Because we've been talking for We're doing very well. nearly 55 minutes. Doing very well. And they might, like, with 84 comments at one stage, we had over 60 people live on both cameras, which is just unreal. Good. So, you know, it's just, this is more successful than any of the two other things I've had before. 
Of course, well, I'm here. Uh, <laughs> right. So, what world event affected you the most, and why? The moon landings. You've always said that to me. The moon landings were without a doubt um, unbelievable. I mean, I mean, you take you take somebody like me. So you're not one of these conspiracy theorists to think it was fake. Oh no, 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 God, no, no, no! They landed the moon. <laughs> I would love that night, indeed, all, all night to, to watch. Um, the without any doubt, it was the greatest achievement of of that type of technology that that ever happened. I mean, whenever you take, whenever I was a child, whenever I was young. There was a few out there, airplanes knocking about. Something <laughs> about it. You know, no jet liners, no no nothing like that. Twin propped sort of airplanes. No foreign travel as such. So what time and then suddenly up? in the nineteen sixties yeah. they were going to the moon. Right. And what time were you wait up to? Oh, four o'clock in the morning. Four o'clock in the morning, yes. It was an unbelievably good good occasion. And, and to this day, of course the stores that landed in the moon. Okay. So that was the thing that affected you the most the world event. Yes, well, there was there was other events, you know. There was there was there was things that weren't very nice in the world in that day, you know. So there were, you know. The, what about actually? The do you remember after the war? Do you remember when we went to Berlin? I do. Yes, uh-huh. you loved that. Loved every minute of it because again, I'm into history. You see. But what did you and love the most? And I couldn't believe this actually. You hobbling about with your stick. You know, you going to be dancing around Checkpoint Charlie. Oh, I Checkpoint Charlie was great. You know, and why the Americans on one side and the Russians on the other? I had uh, quite a few reasons for for that. You know, Checkpoint Charlie is something that you just seen on the TV. Right. It was taboo. You know, you weren't allowed to go through Checkpoint Charlie at one time. Mm. Um, you know, you, you would get shot. Um, and on one side was the Americans, and the other side was the was the, the Russians. And uh, we were able to walk around it, go through it, and speak done. speak to the, the, right. the. And you know what they done? You know the Americans done? They put their helmets and all on you. You know, and you stood there as so you did. Um, and to attention, but you were talking about of course, yeah. Um, oh, the Brandenburg Gate was great, you know, um, just because of the history of it. Mm. And then tell me about the Rome, loved Rome, of course, loved Rome, loved Rome as yeah, the city of Rome, loved the Vatican, loved it, right, so know, loved it, loved all the, the all the, the, the architecture around it. The, the thing that, you know? that got me with this was that I took my dad to Rome, that was the first time my dad was ever out of Ireland or Britain, yeah. Right, yes. and I surprised my dad for his seventieth. I remember the reaction. Remember, I I fired out the tickets to you. Yeah. You couldn't believe it. We had to get an emergency passport. Yes, but that's right. The thing that got us, that got you especially, and then it got me. Did you remember you, you put your arm around me in the Sistine Chapel and you yes, were crying? I was. Yes, I remember. My dad turned around to me and said, "Son, I never think I'd ever see this in my life." That's right. And and that, I was so pleased about that. And, yeah. and you know, I never wanted. I told you earlier on that you know, take me to West Cork. Right. Whereas the only way that James could could get me was to, to do go there secret. was to do it in secret for my seventieth birthday, which I wouldn't have refused then. But as well as that, non refundable ticket. So, yep, yep. So that was that was a brilliant trip too. Okay, so last question. Last question. Great memories. What's the thing in the in your life you're most proud of? You, <laughs> me, without any doubt. There can be no. You're the most. Yeah. Thing ever. <laughs> and the proudest oh, thing I have to say now, no, I have to say now, you know, um, here's me, you know, um, I would have loved to have a living baby, uh, you know, a few years after we were married, and then suddenly to be at graduations and to be, you know, um, um, for you to do what you've done, I'm so proud of you. You're the most proud thing. Well, that's not a bad way to end that, is it? Yes. Uh-huh. Well, you know what I'm most proud of? Uh, of course, you. you're proud of me. Um, Everybody, thanks very much for for tuning in. Uh, <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully it hasn't been that boring, and the crack was good. The crack was, and good. I, you know. And, and uh, the amount of questions. And I have to stuff. tell you the truth now. It's one of the things I didn't know what James was going to ask me. No, we not did at all. Not discuss this whatsoever. Not at all. And then so I tell you, sharp. Everything was really ad lib. Everything was ad lib. So you know, I'm sure that I've had a got the questions. I may have come up with some. Well, maybe not. Something right, different. Right. Um, yeah. So we've been on for nearly an hour, did good stuff. And that's William. Didn't that just so thank this. you, thank you for uh-huh. for being my guest on my uh-huh. third James Prey Presents event. Okay, and there'll be there'll be plenty more where, where that comes from. Yes. So, folks, hopefully that was interesting. I'm going to be honest with you. Everyone. I can't believe it. I, I, at one point, when you with sixty, I have two devices going here. At one point, about sixty people on live. Um, we've got over a hundred comments, and you know the feedback we're getting is just unbelievable. 
Thank you so very much, everybody. It'll take me all night to go through these questions, and we'll, we'll go through them and see see what we can what we can do with them. So, thank you all very much. We're coming up to an hour. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you all soon. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. bye, -bye. Thank bye. you. Bye bye. so much stuff going on, you see. I don't.